Welcome to the Supernatural Life Podcast with Chad Gonzalez, a podcast all about helping you connect with God so you can manifest God to the world. Now, here's your host, Pastor Chad Gonzalez. Hey friends, this is Chad Gonzalez. I want to welcome you to this episode of the Supernatural Life Podcast. It's our goal to help you connect with God so you can manifest God to your world. We had a tremendous month in the month of October, uh, some great meetings in Oklahoma. I've got three testimonies that I want to share with you came from the meetings at Church in the Word in Warner, Oklahoma. These are just tremendous. Number one, and I love these testimonies that come from kids. There was a mother that came from California uh, with her two kids. One was an infant and the other was like seven years old. The seven-year-old had been dealing with some type of autoimmune disease. She had chronic pain all kind of issues going on, and the doctors really didn't know what to label it. So they they labeled it as an autoimmune disease. They were giving her pain medication that they, according to the mother, these are things that they give to cancer patients. The medication was so severe that she would have to first take a pill that would coat her stomach in order to take the second medication because it was so serious it could eat through her stomach. So she would take this for pain. Well, the mother had seen us on Sid Roth. And her and her husband had talked, and she really felt like she needed to come to the meeting. So she flies from California, and before her and the little girl come to the meeting, she's going to give her the pain medication. Now get this. This seven-year-old girl looks at her mother, according to her mother, put her hand in her face and said, No, Mom, I don't want the medication. Jesus is going to heal me tonight. I want to be able to feel it. I mean, when the mother's telling me this, I am just absolute shock at just this bold, audacious faith by this little girl. And of course, you know what happened. I mean, Lacey and I, we laid hands on her. The girl gets healed. Lacey took her out in the back hallway and they walk around. The girl's smiling and pain-free. And the mom's telling us this the next night. She said that the little girl, she wanted to go swim. And so they were at the hotel and they went swimming and she's playing and running and bouncing all around and pain-free. And they came to the service that next night, and she's all smiles and and just having fun. And so that was a great, great testimony. Also got these from, I've got two more that we got from the pastors. You know, there's some testimonies that you don't get till afterwards because it's things that are going on internally. And so, you know, it needs some some test results or something like that from the doctor to, to confirm some things from the physical side. And so this was great. There was a young girl... According to the doctor, she was going blind. They were going to do the surgery to melt her corneas and insert some type of artificial lens in there to try to save some of her vision. And the pastor told me this little girl, she was uh, very determined, very confident that in these meetings, Jesus was going to heal her. Well, I didn't get to really talk to the little girl. We were ministering to people during this one service. She raised her hand. And her dad telling me what's going on. So we laid hands on her. Didn't see anything immediately happen right there. And went on. Well, the other day the pastor is telling me this little girl goes in for her pre-op. Goes in for the appointment. The doctors are checking her eyes, you know, to do the surgery. And to the doctor's amazement, he looks at the dad and says, Well, I don't know what to tell you, but you don't need the surgery. Your corneas and your retinas, they're healing themselves. Well, the dad got really bold and he said, well, they're not just healing themselves. We took her to these services and Jesus healed her. And according to the dad, the doctors kind of just blew it off. And it's like, well, you know, 
uh, her retinas and corneas are healing themselves. They looked at the little girl and they said, don't know what to tell you, but you don't need the surgery. And so praise God for that, the boldness, the faith of this little girl. And then we got another testimony from these same services. There was a woman there. She said she didn't want to draw attention to herself. She didn't raise her hand. We didn't lay hands on her. We didn't pray for her. But she says she just made the determination that while I was teaching, she was going to receive her healing. And her issue is this. She was pregnant and her and her, her husband were excited. They're, they're expecting their first child. And she wanted to be able to have a natural childbirth. Well, she had this band of fibroid tumors all around her uterus and also had some uh, ovarian cysts there. And so the doctor said, there's no way you can have a, a natural childbirth. It's going to have to be by a C-section. But she was just determined. She had made the decision that while I was teaching, she was just going to sit there and she was going to get her healing. Well, because of the situation, she was a high-risk pregnancy, so they had her going to uh, a specialized doctor and a specialized gynecologist for this, and so she went in for her uh, monthly test, and they're running scans and looking, and the radiologist couldn't find the band of tumors. And so she calls in her supervisor to kind of double-check her work, so to speak. Supervisor comes in, starts doing some scans and looking, can't find any tumors. She said, well... I'm going to have the doctor come look at this. So the doctor comes in and he's looking at the results and looking at things. And he said, well, I don't see the, the tumors there either. And the cyst there, like he's, I don't know what to tell you, but go on home and just plan to have a natural childbirth. So praise God. There's two great testimonies from two kids, two little girls, just bold faith. And then you hear, you have this woman, bold faith. We didn't even lay hands on her, didn't minister to her, didn't pray with her. She just got it all on her own, just sitting there and just, just hearing the word and expecting things to happen. So praise God, man. We've been seeing some wonderful miracles over the last few months. Things are just ramping up. We've seen three different individuals over the last couple of months dealing with some type of paralysis, and they were healed as well. So praise God. Hey, I've got one last thing I want to tell you. We have some great meetings coming up November 20th and 21st. It's going to be at Claiborne Family Fellowship in Claiborne, Texas. It's just about 30 minutes, a little over 30 minutes south of Fort Worth. So we would love, love, love to see you there. We're expecting to see some great miracles and wonderful healings take place. We'll get into some great uh, teaching about our identity in Christ and all that he's endeavoring to do through us. But we will see miracles. So if you know someone that's in need of healing, maybe it's you or you've got a relative friend, bring them. I guarantee you, Jesus He's going to show up and show out. We're going to have some wonderful, wonderful meetings. All right. Well, let's get into our teaching for this month. I want to talk about the power of I am. The power of I am. In the psychological world, I've got a background uh, there in counseling and psychology. That's what my, my, my bachelor's and master's degree were in. And so I have some experience in this. But in the psychological world, there's a disorder called a dissociative identity disorder. This is a mental disorder in which a person has at least you know, two distinct identities. This is someone, uh, they, these identities, they have different names, different occupations, different personalities. And it's obviously a serious issue that requires counseling and treatment, but there's really no known cure. And it's interesting that in the psychological world and the medical world, 
This is recognized as being a problem. It's recognized as an issue. But in the Christian world, we have something very, very similar. It's been going through the church for hundreds and hundreds of years, and yet we don't even recognize it. It's actually kind of crazy when you think about it. But in the church world, we have a identity disorder. We've got a dissociative identity disorder. Uh, we've got people that are Christians, but going around with two very distinct identities. And if, if you haven't recognized it, I hope I can help you recognize it today. So if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It says, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so we would become the righteousness of God through our union with Him. Based on this verse, my question is this, how do you identify? What do you identify as? Do you identify as righteous? Or do you identify as a sinner? Now, according to this, Jesus became sin, took away the sin, so we would become righteous. Notice that, again, we've talked about this a lot. Righteousness is not just something that you get. Yes, it is a gift by the grace of God, but it's not just something that you possess in your hand. It's literally something that you are. Righteousness is a part of your identity. And so according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, we become righteous. We become righteous because of our union with Christ. So we must identify as righteous because that's who we are. And yet, even if we have sinned, does that make you a sinner? Or do you maintain your righteousness? We have to understand and look at it from the right perspective that sinning is a circumstance. It is not my identity. Righteousness is my identity. Even if I do make a mistake, even if I do sin, righteousness is still my identity. I don't lose my righteousness. So, you, again, you have to ask yourself the question, even if I sin, am I righteous or am I a sinner? You see, how you identify is what you will experience. This is where a large portion of the church today is not seeing a lot of victory because, according to a lot of people, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Well, you can't be a sinner and yet be saved. You have to choose a side. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can't have a dual personality like this and see results like God wants you to have. You can't be a sinner and yet at the same time be saved. Sinning is a circumstance. Righteousness is your identity. Once you become saved, you are righteous. You're no longer a sinner. You can't identify as both. This is where there is a dissociative identity disorder in the church. We're not really sure who we are. You can't be, I am saved, and at the same time, be, I am a sinner. You have to choose sides. You have to choose sides. Again, how you identify, that's what you will experience. So you are the, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to settle that right now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Regardless of whether I make a mistake, I am still the righteousness of God in Christ. I am righteous. It doesn't give me a license to sin. It gives me the ability and the power to reign over sin because in all actuality, I'm dead to it. So therefore, I'm not a sinner 
I am saved. I am righteous. Well, so if you identify as righteous, and that is a part of your identity, that is your I am, I am righteous. Well, let's take it a step further. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, very familiar passage of scripture to a lot of us. First Peter 2, 24 of the New King James Version says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins, we would live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Again, just like in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says Jesus, he took on our sins. He bore our sins in his own body, became that sin. And as a result of us dying to sin, we become righteous. So let's take it a step further. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sin would live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So just like in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, we see that Jesus took on our sins, became our sin, so that we would become righteous. We've died to sin, died to that life. There's a new life, a righteous life. That's my identity. And yet he goes a step further and lets us know another part of our identity because of being saved. He says, you would live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So right here in 1 Peter 2.24, he's letting us know that healing is also a part of our identity, of that of being healed. You were healed. Well, if you were healed, then I am healed. If you were forgiven, then I am forgiven. I am. You have, to, you have to make a choice here because you have a lot of people who are saying, well, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, but I am sick. Well, do you identify as sick or do you identify as healed? Well, if you identify as righteous, you must also identify as healed. Why? Because healing flows from righteousness. Healing flows from righteousness. Just as you can't identify as being a sinner and being righteous, you cannot identify as being healed and sick. I know none of us have ever done this. I'll be honest, I've done it. <laughs> but how many times have we been in that situation of in the past? I know by the stripes of Jesus I was healed, but I'm sick. Yeah, but you can't have both. You cannot be sick and be healed. That's an identity disorder. What's happening is you're trying to look at the circumstances and identify based off the circumstances. Just as when we're looking at the a sin and righteous issue. You see, if you identify as righteous, you must also identify as healed because, again, healing flows from righteousness. If you look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 10 through 13, I'm going to read this out of the New King James. It says this, listen, it says, if Christ is in you, the body's dead because of sin. But if you have your Bible, underline this phrase, highlight it, put a star by it. But the spirit, this is talking about your born again, recreated spirit. Your spirit is life. This word zoe, the life of God. Your spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, zoe, the same life, 
the same life that's in your spirit because of righteousness in verse 10. In verse 11, he'll give the same life to your mortal body, this physical body that you have, through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So notice here again, he says, in your spirit is this life, the life of God, this Zoe life because of righteousness. And because of righteousness, because of this life in your spirit, this life will flow into your body. Why? Because of righteousness, because of who you are. See, if you're righteous, you're also healed, this life flowing. And notice again, verse 12, he says, we're debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. In other words, what he's trying to let you in on is that if you look to your circumstances, you will identify with your circumstances and your circumstances will produce death. Remember what I told you earlier, whatever you identify with, that is what you will experience. Friends, your circumstances are tied to this cursed death realm. If you identify with the circumstances, you're going to, to experience death. That's why if you continue reading in Romans chapter 8, it goes on to tell us that the Spirit of God, He's always endeavoring to remind us, to witness, bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are to be led by Him. And He's always endeavoring to make us more spiritually minded. He's always endeavoring to make us more spiritually minded and, and pull our affections and our, our thoughts over into this peace that we are a spirit being. In verse 14, he said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the mature sons of God. In verse 16 and 17, he says, The Holy Spirit, he bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God. We're spirit beings. We're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. It's always coming back to this piece of who we really are. I am a spirit being. I'm not a body. I am. Remember, the power of I am, what you identify with, is what you will experience. I am a spirit. And because I am in union with Christ, I am righteous. And because I am righteous, I am healed. I can't be I am righteous and at the same time be I am sick. You can't be I am sick and I am healed. If you're I am healed, it's because you're identifying with Christ. If you identify as I am sick, it's because you're identifying with the curse or you could say you're identifying with the circumstances. If you're identifying as I am sick, it's because you're not looking at yourself as a spirit being united with Christ. And people would say, yeah, but you don't understand. I mean, I know what the Bible says, but I'm looking at my body. And this is what the reports are telling me. This is how I feel. This is what I can see. And I get that. But again, remember what he, Paul just told us. We are not debtors to the flesh. The Holy Spirit is not getting us to look at our flesh, look at our circumstances. No, he's endeavoring to bear witness with us and tell us and show us we are a spirit. We are a child of God in union with him. We're joint heirs. He's always trying to get us to look at who we truly are. Why? Because what you identify with, that is what you'll experience. You cannot have both of these things. You can't be, I am sick and I am healed. That is a dual identity. In the world, they call it a disorder. They recognize something's wrong. 
You can't have two identities. But in the Christian world, in the church, we think it's acceptable. We don't even think that it's an issue at all because we're so used to people saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm saved, but I'm also a sinner. No, you can't have both. And just like you can't be a sinner and be saved, you can't be I am sick and I am healed. You cannot be by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, but I am sick. It is an identity disorder. At some point, we must pick a side because you can't have both. You're either I am healed or I am sick. Friends, this is not about circumstances. This is about identity. And if you want to go even further with it, if you want to really identify with an I am, you need to identify with the I am that's in you. What am I talking about? God is the great I am. You are one with him because of our union with Christ. We're one with the Father. Again, this is not about circumstances. This is about identity. Jesus came to unite you to the great I am. And however the great I am is, that is how you are. Praise God. Think about that. You're united with the great I am. The great I am is righteous. The great I am is holy and pure and perfect and complete. The great I am is healed. The great I am is not a sinner. The great I am is not sick. The great I am is not depressed, not addicted. The great I am. No, we are one with the great I am. It does not matter what the physical situation looks like. If you will properly identify with who you are spiritually, and remember, do not forget this. I know it may take a little time of renewing our mind to this truth, but healing is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing that will affect your physical being. Healing is spiritual and it will affect the physical. Remember, what you identify is what you will experience. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, who do you identify with? What is your identity? What is the great I am that you are? Remember, I am saved. Because I am saved, I am righteous. And because I am righteous, I am healed. No matter what I see out here, and if you will identify with that, that is what you will experience. Praise the Lord. Remember, uh, we've got these great meetings coming up in Claiborne, Texas, just south of Fort Worth. If you are in the area, if you need to fly, we've had people coming from all over the country for these meetings. Get to these meetings. I'm telling you, God is up to doing something special. We're seeing a, a marvelous work taking place. We're going after this thing, and we're having a blast. Those of you that have gone through the Healing Academy, remember, we have our Healing Alliance meeting next week. If you haven't gone through the Healing Academy, my question is, why not? Hey, go to our website, chadgonzalez.com, and you can sign up, start going through the classes. And for all of you that are our Dream Team partners, thank you so very much uh, for trusting us and helping us to take this message all around the world. We're actually going to be leaving for Kenya next week, going to be there for nine days and doing some uh, really cool things over there we'll tell you about in the next few months uh, the results from that but thank you so very much all of the salvations the healings the miracles that take place for those of you that are our partners hey that goes on your account as well if you'd like to become a dream team partner with us uh, whether you're in the u.s or internationally you can go to our website chadgonzalez.com and you can join the team as well we love you guys thank you so very much for all that you do Thanks for tuning in each month, and thank you for sharing this 
with your friends. Remember that in Christ, we always win. We'll talk to you next month. Bye-bye.